What's up, everybody? Welcome back into um, a partially reconstructed studio. I feel like I say this every week that I'm digging this stuff apart, but finally getting closer to reassembling. When I moved my office upstairs, I had to take a lot of this stuff apart technology-wise and kind of rebuild it. And um, I actually bought a new webcam, which is clearly not calibrated correctly because of all those bright hot spots. But whatever, we're going to roll with this. Um, I need to actually adjust it probably down a little bit lower. But I'm almost getting back into where everything's just a turnkey setup, uh, making the podcast life just a little bit easier for me. But um, here we are. It is uh, June 22nd, the I think technically the second day of summer. So hopefully uh, if you're in the northern hemisphere, that's going well for you. If you're in the southern hemisphere, I guess what? It's winter and I do apologize. But uh, we're just going to dive right in this week because there's some interesting things going on. And um, kicking it off here. Teams is now available on the Surface Hub. That seemed a little odd, but through the Windows Store. Uh, it's in preview if you're an insider program. If that makes a lot of sense to you, or if you've been uh, <laughs> if you've been sweating the bullets about why you couldn't do that, you can now do it, at least if you're insider only. So, there is that. And um, there's some other crazy things going on in the world of Microsoft, but before we dive into some of this, uh, there's been some subtle branding changes. I wrote this up and just kind of wanted to throw this out there because some people were questioning about why Microsoft was calling it this. Um, just quick recap here. Windows is gone uh, as a premier brand, and it's now Microsoft 365, which encompasses Windows and all the kind of consumer end services. And so Microsoft is now pushing Microsoft 365, but it also works the same way for the cloud. They're calling it Microsoft Cloud. If you go back a couple years, they used to call it Azure, and Azure used to be the premier hallmark thing for their cloud services, and now they're formally calling it Microsoft Cloud. They've been doing that for a little bit now, but it's just becoming more and more apparent that they want to go by Microsoft Cloud, and that became uh, more apparent, too, when they were talking about opening a new data center in Norway, which is going to happen in 2019. Interestingly enough, Google also announced that they're opening their one in Finland, I believe, um, this year as well. So a lot of action going on there in the data center region part of the world. But um, anyways, but they, they refer to it as Microsoft Cloud, which makes sense because Azure is more dev stuff, but they also run Office 365 through their cloud platform, which is cloud stuff. They also have Dynamics, and that stuff's not developer-y. So they go with Microsoft Cloud, but the kind of important thing is they're putting Microsoft first. And one of the reasons I, I've heard that they're doing that is in the C-suite, or if you're not familiar with the term, the, the executives of a company, they might not know what the term Azure means, but they definitely know what Microsoft Cloud means. And so it's just kind of an easier way to pitch that kind of stuff. And so by putting Microsoft first, my, Microsoft is obviously extremely uh, recognizable. And so Microsoft Cloud, Microsoft 365, those are the two big like hero brands that Microsoft is running with. Obviously, Office 365 is in there, but that's a subset of Microsoft 365, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, um, some fun stuff happening on Twitter this week between Microsoft and Nintendo, and I think there's a lot more to this. So Microsoft and Nintendo with uh, Minecraft and Fortnite, and I don't know if there's any other games, but those those are two massively popular games. Don't don't undercut that. Uh, now allow crossplay, and obviously we've talked about Sony doesn't allow crossplay, and Sony's kind of like the kid sitting in the corner uh, while Microsoft and Nintendo have all the fun. And so they did this Twitter exchange, which I'm sure required 75 to 100 hours worth of meetings to figure out when, who's going to post first and how, what the cadence of all the social. Anyways, it was just kind of a fun thing where Nintendo and Sony were, or Nintendo and Microsoft, excuse me, were talking about how they can crossplay and have fun together and whatever. And so I, I think this is actually a really good thing for Microsoft for multiple reasons and Nintendo, because I, I don't know if Nintendo and Microsoft really compete 
all that much. Yes, they're both gaming consoles, but if you will, I would argue that people who are looking at buying an Xbox probably aren't looking to buy a Switch. Now, they might buy it in complimentary, but I'm not, I, I don't think people think one or the other. Uh, granted, I know there are some cases where you only have, what, 300 bucks and you only want to buy one. I get it, I get it. But you hear what I'm saying? Like, if you want a hardcore first-person shooter, you're not going to go buy uh, a Nintendo Switch. If you want Mario and all that stuff, you're not going to go buy an Xbox. So they're very complementary products. And so Microsoft and Nintendo working together, does I don't think it really hurts either company, to be honest. It just kind of makes everything better. And so I think it's what these companies have realized, and that's why they, they don't care. Now, Sony and Xbox, or Sony and Microsoft, clearly compete. And that's probably why Microsoft or Sony doesn't want to play that game. They want people locked into their console and all that good stuff. I just think it. I I, I just think that this is a nice little collaboration between Nintendo and uh, Microsoft, and I think it's going to benefit both in the long term because then you can you can just move around and play all that good stuff. Um, so just kind of keep your eyeballs on that. Microsoft bought a bunch of stuff this week, by the way. They bought Bonsai, which is an AI platform. They buy all these AI startups and all that stuff. And um, it's always, it can be sometimes hard to quantify like exactly where they're buying it, mostly because AI stuff is up here and my brain is like down here. But they bought Bonsai, they're going to integrate it in their AI platform and all that good stuff. They also announced that they're buying Flipgrid, which is kind of cool. I, full transparency, wasn't too familiar with it, but, um, but they're making it free for schools. And it's a video servicing platform. And um, I, I think it's going to really help Microsoft get back into the education segment, which is... Maybe get back in maybe isn't the fair way. Maybe to try to maintain where they're at and potentially regrow some of their market share. But um, Flipgrid is a video video platform. Think of it kind of like YouTube-ish quasi for school and education. And previously, they had to charge money. Microsoft comes out and says they're making it free. And teachers across the internet went nuts. I had no idea how big the popular platform was. But Flipgrid, um, I, I think it's going to be a, a solid uh, a solid acquisition for Microsoft. I think they did. I think they did good here. Uh, yeah. Okay. So HoloLens 2 for a second. It, now this is uh, Microsoft filed a patent where they basically said, hey, we're going to get 2x the field of view. That That's kind of expected. Um, man, these hotspots are like, see if you can, if you go like that. I don't know. I, I will get these lighting figured out. I mean, look at this. That's, that's what, well, it kind of like dies down a little, whatever. Uh, anyways, HoloLens 2, Microsoft filed a patent for HoloLens 2. And the field of view is roughly going to be doubled. I've been hearing things along that line for a while. But um, here's one. Here's a little bit of information that uh, take with a grain of salt because it's it's weaseling its way through. There's a company called Copin or Copin, K-O-P-I-N. I, I think they might be building the displays. I, I think they might be the ones. If not, they're building they're, they're building a mixed reality type display for a Silicon Valley like company. This is from their CEO, by the way. They said that they won a large contract uh, to build a display for a Silicon Valley like device. And if you kind of line up the outline for when they, if they want to launch um, HoloLens V2 or whatever, the Sydney, HoloLens Sydney, we'll call it, um, in January or Q1 of 2019, the manufacturing's got to start here in the next couple weeks or months i mean it's got to start relatively soon because they you don't just turn the machines on and then you have mass production right you got to get prototy prototyping you got to get uh, sampling up to spec you got to make sure your output or, or your product's good enough that it's you know you're not having failure rates and that the margin of error on the the corrective displays are all, all good and so it takes time and so it, it's kind of right on track for them to be winning the hololens 
iteration or the HoloLens contract. And so Coppin might be the company that is doing that. Uh, anyways, folks, so check out Coppin. Um, you know, they've probably got some good information here and you can maybe get read the tea leaves and see what is going on with the HoloLens uh, Sydney. And uh, yeah. So moving on here, folks, um, you will soon be able to block ads on Microsoft Edge on Android if that's your cup of tea that is going to be uh, rolling out here soon. And the next-gen avatars, which have been floating around for what feels like forever, are now available to Xbox One insiders only. They'll be rolling out to everybody here in a little bit. But if you've been uh, losing sleep over that, lose sleep no more. And uh, one, one other interesting factoid here about uh, E3. So Microsoft... Uh, they, they won E3, sort of, at least on the streaming side. Uh, Xbox had 1.7 million viewers, which was the most streamed uh, E3 keynote on Twitch. And actually, it was the most lo concurrent live stream viewers of any event ever on Twitch. So Microsoft's got, they've got some credit here. Like, people are interested in what they're doing. Now, interesting enough, they... They also did 1.1 million last year and led it as well. So that's back-to-back -back years that they've done this. So good for Microsoft. Ubisoft came in second at 1.6 million. Sony came in third at 1.5. Bethesda at 964,000. Um, and then Nintendo was like way down there at 679,000, which is still a lot. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to bash on Nintendo here. That's still quite a bit. And so uh, one other quick note here, uh, Brian Hall, if that name doesn't sound super familiar, he what used to be the corporate vice president of Surface Devices at Microsoft. He left and he worked as a COO and CEO of a startup that collapsed, which happens a lot in the startup industry. And now he is the, I believe, vice president of product marketing at Amazon for AWS. So if you've, uh, yeah, you've got that going on. Anyways, so here we go. We got a bunch of questions this week. Let me refresh it and get it set up. And uh, we, will, we will dive in. I always love the questions because they kind of keep me on my toes. Uh, Felipe asks, he says, will we see Windows Core OS or WCOS on insider builds or will they release directly as a new system or update? Here's the thing. I don't think Microsoft will ever tell us. Uh, it's already been, it's already coming on the next gen Surface Hub, I believe, uh, potentially on HoloLens. I'm not totally sure on that, but my, I don't think Microsoft's going to announce this. This is just sort of just an evolution of the updates of Windows. And then the also says, any chance to see a merger of Insider Program and Xbox? Today, it seems like two totally different beta programs. I don't think so, because the Xbox is such a contained, isolated platform. Granted, there's small iterations in between um, each version of the Xbox, but it's like a, it's a handful of things. I don't think that they will ever merge them, personally. King Nerd the Third says, I recently moved into an apartment on my own for the first time. Do you think it's worth putting any money into smart home type things? Also, how do I adult and stop blowing all my money on stuff I don't need? Um, you know, the home automation stuff is totally up to you. What I do recommend is choose carefully because it's really hard to go back. Um, you know, choose the digital assistant that you're fine with Google or Amazon. Um, either one of those are great for the central thing. I do think Google has a better, um, product from an AI perspective, but Amazon definitely has the market share and the penetration and the brand value or brand name recognition for sure. But um, just pick one of those two and then pick your products carefully is the only thing I can really tell you. Like I use Philips Hue, which is great, super reliable, super easy to use, but I can only use Philips Hue uh, for my lighting because then it just gets messy with multiple products. So all I can really offer you is um, just make sure you, you pick a brand and you're going to stick with it. But um, should you buy it? It, it just depends. It, it really depends on what you want. If you like being able to walk into a room and scream in a sky computer to turn on all your lights, then sure. Um, if not, then don't. 
Simon says, are there any specific benefits to using Microsoft To-Do instead of, say, Todoist? No, not really. Um, I've switched over to To-Do from Todoist because I try to use what Microsoft is building um, and give them feedback and try to help make it better. But I can tell you that To-Do is significantly behind Todoist, and I'm, I'm struggling a little bit because of all my organization inside of Todoist. does not translate as well over to To-Do, for example, because in To-Do, there's my, my day and then also To-Do. Uh, like as like top level things and there should only be one level top level item what i mean is so if you create a whole bunch of lists here's another issue so if i have a list that says ignite and i put a bunch of items in there and i set due dates with reminders that never bubbles up into a top level thing what i want is to be able to create a whole bunch of lists of all the different projects i'm working on and then on that day at a top level view i can see oh i've got an ignite to task to do i've got a uh, Microsoft Partner Conference to do item to all bubble up and say these are the things coming, but they don't. They all stay in their own little box of worlds and silos. Um, it, this doesn't make any sense. I apologize, but it, it's there's no bubbling up of your to do items. You have to like manually hunt for each list about what's coming up, and it's kind of annoying. So my personal recommendation is if you're using to do is today, don't switch back to to do yet, um, just because because the full functionality is not there. They're pushing out updates pretty quick, and they've been pretty quick to provide feedback when I when I ask some questions and whatnot, but yeah. Um, next question comes from Brum Fondle. Brad, are you using the 4K version of the Arial screensaver? I get so many questions about this thing back here. And just, if so, how did you get it working with the 4K files from Apple? I keep getting an error from Windows Media Player saying it cannot play the file. Oh, my name is pronounced Brum Fondle. Okay, so here's how I got this to work. I went to the Googles and I typed in Apple uh, Arial TV screensaver and somebody ripped it. I download it. You install it. You don't play it through Windows Media Player. It's actually a true screensaver. That's it. It's just a screensaver. It just runs. I, I can't play the files individually. And so it just cycles on its own. It's not like that's Windows Media Player. It's actually the Apple TV 4K wallpaper uh, or wall screensaver just running. So I can't help you there too much, but that's that's what I did. That's about what I did. Uh, Makataba, I, that's, I pronounced that wrong. Uh, it says, will the upcoming Andromeda device be able to make phone calls and send text messages? So th that's kind of a loaded question because yes and yes, because think about it. Can it make phone calls? Well, my Windows 10 desktop PC can make phone calls through Skype. Um, the, the question I think you're getting at is, can it make cellular calls not using data like your cell phone? That I do not know. I'm almost positive that there will be some sort of LTE variant. It would be crazy not to. Microsoft has been putting a lot of LTE stuff and everything. Um, I think that will be a viability. Uh, but then the same with send, sending text messages. Right now, I can send, send I can send text messages from my PC if you have an Android phone. So, But again, I think what you're asking is, can it send it all by itself without being either tethered to device? Because what you clearly want to do is replace your just whole phone with the Surface Andromeda. I'm sure it's possible. I We don't fully know enough yet about it. Oh, gosh, this next name. Uh, in in Locas Bentii. People are killing me here. Uh, what is the case for developing new Greenfield backend services or web applications on Windows Server? Now that Microsoft is recommending ASP.NET Core for new projects, and now that PowerShell is, dedic is dedicated to getting feature parity with Linux, I'm stumped as to what, to do, what the advantage of Windows Server offers developers. I mean, are IIS and SMB3 really supposed to be killer features for developers? Uh, is there any reason to develop on Windows Server? Then will that just mean... So I guess th there's... There's so many questions here that I have for you because it, where and how you develop an app fully depends on what the end 
uh, user is. Because if you're developing an iOS app, hell no, there's no reason to develop on Windows Server. Um, if you're developing an app that you can build as a PWA or a web app, you shouldn't really be building for Windows Server. Windows Server applications are great for hardcore enterprise things where you need max performance on local metal. Uh, but I fully agree, and which is partially why you see the direction Microsoft is taking with Windows Server is making it a more of a hybrid thing so that they really, what they, to be honest, really want you to do is write an application that runs in Azure. Uh, that's what they honestly want you to do. So, uh, Jim Chaplin says, a little fun topic to gross about. Uh, what are third-party, why are third-party, Snaptics and especially Ellen Aluntech, track bad drivers so bad, uh, saying they're bad at it. I don't know. This is why Microsoft, what was it, with Windows 8, they started doing their own trackpad drivers because they were so bad and because Apple was just killing them in the in the trackpad space. Everyone for years was saying Mac has the best trackpad and they probably still do. But I can tell you that the Surface uh, trackpad is fantastic. Uh, I, I can't really remember complaining about it too much. We used to complain about trackpads all the time, but Microsoft's precision drivers and precision tech to get all that stuff figured out has gone a seriously long way. So, uh, they're not so bad. Well, from they're bad from these guys, but Windows, thankfully, just kind of say, <laughs> I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say, Jim, is I fully agree with you. They're terrible. And Windows came in and just went and smacked them around a bit and now just kind of kick them out and use their own stuff for the most part. And it makes things a lot better, but it's still not perfect. Uh, Jay Blank says, Paul mentioned something on one of the podcasts uh a while back that stuck with me. He said that Google and Apple and Amazon would do anything to keep Microsoft down or something to that effect. I know that Microsoft is sometimes their own worst enemy, but they've always believed Google systematically tried to keep Microsoft down while at the same time build their platform uh, dominance using Microsoft platforms. I have not seen anyone else address this topic directly. So carry your thoughts. So he here's the thing, Mike, Microsoft, Microsoft was the arch rival or arch enemy of Everybody, when these company, when Google was founded um, back in the heyday of Apple, everyone was gunning for Microsoft. And I know what you're saying is that, well, they built their companies on Microsoft software to kill them. Um, at least I think that's what you're talking about. And so they do everything they can because of that old kind of hatred. It's, we, we see that bubbling up here with the GitHub acquisition. But Google, for its own right, um, has done a good thing for Microsoft because it's forced them to be competitive on many different fronts, including education, including office, including um, search, which they lost, including mobile, which they lost. And so we are better off as a world, as, as a user with multiple companies like Google, Microsoft, Amazon, and Apple all fighting it out. Now, if we lose a couple of those, we'd be in a lot of trouble. Um, and honestly, if anyone's going to do it, it's probably Google could kill some of the, well, most likely Microsoft, but I don't think they will fully get there or, or ever get there, to be honest. Um, I think Microsoft and Google will always exist in some sort of world. But um, there was a time where everybody was gunning for Microsoft because they had productivity, they had mobile, they had search to some extent, uh, and they had the browser. They had the whole, they had everything. And so it was natural to target Microsoft. And it, it's a natural feeling that you don't want to give Microsoft an inch because they can take a mile very quickly. And so um, Google is, in my opinion, Google is Microsoft's number one rival right now. It's not Apple. It's definitely not Amazon in the enterprise space, but definitely not anywhere else. And so Google is the most likely company that can disrupt Microsoft at a core level because they could... In theory, they, they've got the only productivity suite that's really used in any capacity other than Office. Um, they have 
the best search engine. They have the best browser. They have the best AI assistant. And, um, and so it, it's Google's game to lose in those arenas until they get regulated or something like that, much like Microsoft did with the browser. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I still think there's that, that feeling of Google, Apple, Microsoft, and Amazon will do anything to keep Microsoft down. I fully believe that. Now, Apple maybe not so much anymore because Apple and Microsoft don't really compete on much of anything because Microsoft no longer making phones. Um, I think that these two companies should be working together, much like Nintendo and Xbox. So, yeah, it, it's an interesting thing. It, and I, I think the narrative here is still fully evolving by all means, but um, I'll be curious to see how it kind of shakes out. So... Um, neat, neat. Now that is a really good question about if these companies are still, I mean, look, Google never brought their apps to the store. You can't get Google maps, uh, in the windows store, which I would still love. Um, so there you go. There you go, folks. Been an interesting week. Next week should be kind of interesting too, for the fact that, uh, next Friday is the last day of Microsoft's fiscal year. They end June 30th and June 29th is next Friday. And so that's the last weekday. And then kind of things start anew in July. And uh, I'll be curious to see if there's any kind of big rifts or anything that happens. Typically, that happens after um, the fiscal year end. So uh, with that, folks, I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. And I'll catch you right back here next time on Z Sam's Report.